right, good morning. It's me again, back up here. Hey, we're really excited for those that mentioned that are new. We would like to connect with you, but if you don't want to connect with us, it's okay. But we would love to, if there's a next step, we can help. We have those connection cards that you heard on the video at the beginning. You can drop those off in the back. And, and also just, we're here for you in prayer too. And there'll be an opportunity at the end of the service. Sometimes we, we spring that on people like, Maybe already God is working on you and preparing, even as we go through the message today, there'll be something stirring there for you. So there's people, there's people around uh, here today. I'm excited about next week. I, we have some special friends that are going to come and be leading us in worship. We go way back. Uh, Carly, who is our, was in our youth ministry back in the day, and her husband, Sam, are going to come and lead some worship. We'll have a full band next week, hopefully. And this will be a lot of fun, so if you can come back for that. But today, as you saw in the video, if you're new, we're in a series called Grace and Grit. And we kind of named it going and unpacking the parables of Jesus because I think when you read the parables, which there's a lot I love about Scripture. And and if you narrow it down, like I really love Jesus' words, so the red letters that might be in your Bible. And then you reduce it down to the, the stories of these parables. They're some of my favorites. And it's been fun to be able to do that this summer with you, to do that. But there, there's a lot of expression of the grace of God and God's kingdom. But many times, Jesus kind of drops the mic and says, here's the call for you to have a little bit of grit that I want to give you to actually live it out. And today, we're going to be talking on, on preparation and getting ready. On this week, my wife and I, Christy, she's downstairs working with kids, but we, we spent some time preparing for some family to come up. And if you've done that, if you're people like us, we, 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 we hit Costco really hard and, and stocked up and got everything and cleaned and washed down the deck and get everything ready for our company to come. And we had a fabulous time these last few days with our, our family. and We miss them already because they had to leave. But I also know there's times, and you've maybe experienced, where people drop by unexpectedly. Uh, maybe you had that before. And some of you are great. You don't care what your house looks like, whatever, the mess. It doesn't matter. For some of us, we have this thing where like, man, I wish I would have known, you know, and been, been prepared. It feels a little uh, invasive at times. And it just depends on our personality. But I want you to imagine if you had a, uh, a guest that was unexpected coming to your home. And I want you to picture if it was actually Jesus himself. Okay? So I know this sounds out there a little bit, but I want you to just picture a Saturday morning, and again, maybe in your age and stage of life, but just maybe a Saturday morning, you remember maybe with your family, and you're, you are home, and you're, you know, in sweats, you got bedhead still, and you're trying to just wake up, you got coffee, and all of a sudden the phone rings as an unknown caller, and you, you pick it up, and you, you hello, and, you, and then you begin to recognize, oh, it's him. It's, it's him and, and your, your, your wife or husband, and they're, they're, who is it? It's Jesus. Jesus? Jesus Christ? What? Well, what? what does, he's, he's wanting to come by. Come by, you know, and, and he's, he's just got off the freeway. He's, head, he's heading away. And like, yes, it'd be wonderful to have you over, right? And so as soon as you hang up, you're, you're like, we've got to get things in gear, okay? And if you had children at a young age and things, he's like, we've got to clean this place up. You know, drill sergeant picking up your toys, no, you know, shutting off. No, SpongeBob SquarePants cannot be on while Jesus is coming over, okay? 
stuffing things in closets. I'm sure he's not going to look in our closets. I mean, this doesn't, you know, you look out and you got several Amazon deliveries. Like, why so many? And you're like, is Jesus going to judge our, like, we shop this way. We're really like, so you're just getting everything ready, everything prepared. You, you look at your children and there's like jam on their face and you're, you know, getting them all ready like a family photo and you're presenting yourself as you open the door, you know, you're, as you're going through the countdown. And there Jesus walks in. Now, I know that sounds silly and everything. It's bad theology. But I think at times we can approach God that way. We can approach him in a way where we've got to get our act together for Jesus to be in our life. We've got to spend some time doing certain things and acting a certain way. And believe me, there's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with, well, being here this morning, engaging online, connecting with the body of Christ. There's, there's something special when we do that together. That's a, that's a good thing, to worship together, to look at God's word together. It, it's wonderful when people engage in community in a small group and they care for one another. Our, our small group we're beginning this week and catching up and all that God's been doing in our lives this summer. Community is so, so important that we have. There's something about serving and helping in need. There, we give. I mean, you, many of you are just so generous in giving, not just to keep the lights on and this, this building going, but you're giving into the community and pouring into the community. All those are wonderful things. But if we look at those as check sheets that, Jesus, we got everything done for you to enter in, we know that there's no level of morality. There's no level of things that Jesus does not want you to worry about having a clean house. What he cares about so much important, more importantly is how honest your heart is toward him. The work that he wants to do in you and cares about the most. And so when we look at this parable this morning, I want you to keep it in mind of that way, of not just Jesus coming to your house, but think about him coming, well, coming again. Because here's the question to think about. Are you ready? Well, are you ready for his return? Now, we keep in mind when we talk about him coming back is he did come the first time. We celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. We honor him at his birth at Christmas. We remember the sacrifice on Good Friday to take away our sin. Our Easter Sunday is the celebration of his resurrection so that we can have life. That all happened. And then even the 40 days that led after that, Jesus gathered with his disciples. He, he gave them final instructions that he needed to go to ascend to heaven, but he wasn't going to leave him hanging. He was going to come. He said, I'm with you, but I'm going to do something even greater. My spirit's going to come and be in you. And that's what he did. And, and there's this recording in the book of Acts, this moment that it says this in, in Acts 1, 9, it says this, after he said this, what did he say before in Acts 1 8? It says, You receive power, the Holy Spirit comes upon you, be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other parts of the earth. That's Acts 1 8. Here's Acts 1, the next verse. It says, After he said that, the very last words, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a, and a, a cloud hid from him from their sight, and they're looking intently up in the sky as he was going. When, he suddenly, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood before them, Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? That same Jesus who had been taken from, from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go to heaven. This was the day in which Jesus will return a second time. Many people speculate the order of the end times in which Jesus will return. Some of you follow that. 
Some of you, well, maybe not in this group of people, but someone you know, follow in such a way that someone convinced you of an order of things and certain things, in fact, offered you dates in that. Some of you have chased all kinds of different theories and different things. I, I, I'll let you, you know, do whatever you want with that. But I do want you to know this, is that Jesus himself made a point this. He said this, when will it happen? When will it take place? In, in fact, we're going to get to the passage where it's leading up to this parable about this. This is what Jesus says. No one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. At that moment, Jesus is still on the earth, and you know I don't know how it works in the limitation of what he does or choose to be limited of the knowledge of himself coming back. But he's making like no one knows. No one on this earth knows. And still to this day, by the way, no one really, no one really knows. Is there signs of the times and this and that? Sure, we could be looking, but we're going to talk about what are we worrying about? We're worried about getting ready for the return, whenever that might be and whatever the order it is. Are you ready for the return? Jesus has that hanging over us, and you might have been asking a question, but it's interesting is that the disciples at the time, he hadn't even left the earth, and they're worried about his returning to the earth. He, and he was concerned about that. So he, he speaks to him. And it's, I find it very interesting is, and the context that we're going to look at is, where it's the exact same place that Jesus ascended to heaven is the place that he tells this parable of his return. And you got to know that he knew that already. you got to know when he's telling this story of this parable, he knew ahead where he was going to be ascending, and he already knew ahead where he was going to be returning from is the same place. I think that's kind of cool that's there. So look at the setting. What was the setting? As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives. Where, where did he ascend to, from the Mount of Olives? Where is he returning the Mount of Olives? On the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen, and what will be the sign you're coming at the end of the age? Again, they're going, Jesus, you haven't left us yet. You say you're going to leave, but we really want to know also when you leave, when are you coming back? Okay, we were thinking ahead a little bit. And so in, in Matthew 24, there's a discourse there where Jesus is talking about getting ready. Watch for this. Watch out for this. Wars and rumors of wars and all this going on and these warnings. And then as a culmination, what he does is he comes into Matthew 25. He says, tell me, let me tell you about the kingdom. Let me tell you about really what this means of my coming one day. And this is what it looks like. Here's the parable. The parable that you might have. It might be in your Bible, the parable of the... The bridesmaids, modern more turn, the parable of the ten virgins. This is the parable this morning. It says this, Matthew 25, At this time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out and to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, so it did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps, and the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry ran out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us and you. And said, Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were away to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the virgins were ready 
who already went in and with him to the, to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the others came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Now, we're going to unpack that a little bit and think of the historical context with this. But a little bit different wedding that we're used to, right? A little different, different order of things. And, but it's not uncommon back in the day in the ancient world. And, and I don't really know the modern customs of, of the Jewish people today. I'm, I'm sure there's some similar things that they do. And even other parts, and other, part, or other parts of the world and other cultures have such a thing where there's a wedding procession. Not everybody meets at the place at once. It's actually opposite. Rather than waiting for the bride to come down the aisle, it's the groom that's going to come and take the wedding party to where it's going. That's, that's, that's just what's happening in this moment that we find. And so what we find is that, that the focus is, is not on the bride or the bridegroom. It's on these virgins, and we call them bridesmaids, that was a necessity to be ready. So we need to look at the story and go, who's the bridesmaids? We are. We're the bridesmaids. I, you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Ah. Now, some of you, that messes a little bit with what you read in Scripture. Like, well, we're the body of Christ. We're the bride of Christ, the church is. And that's true, completely true. In this story, Jesus is focusing on us in this sense of people as the wedding party. So what does this mean for us? So it, what is it talking about, all of it about his return? It has, it has everything to do with that. Again, all the context this reading is about Jesus coming a second time. He tells this story. How do we get ready for the return? How do we prepare ourselves? Well, if you're taking notes, here's, here's a couple thoughts to, to help you with this. First is this, to expect the unexpected. In fact, that's a lesson in life in general. <laughs> expect the unexpected. It's, it's not the older you get, you've learned to expect the unexpected. What you're hoping for and expecting many times doesn't, doesn't happen. And so you're kind of saying, well, life is just a bunch of disappointments. Well, it is sometimes. It, it just depends on what you're putting your expectations in. But, there, but to be ready for the unexpected, that, that can be good or bad. And I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, these, these last few weeks with the fires in our world around us, it's very, very, very sad. It's horrific. The, 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 fire, the fire in Maui and the devastation that brought, it happened so quickly. It's, it's heart-wrenching. Now, this last week, people have been asking, how can, are we as a church going to help or do anything? And so there's two agencies that we want to recommend. We have them on our web website. It's in the email buzz. There's on our socials is this. is uh, Encourage You Samaritans First is a great organization where you know funds directly will get to the causes there. Another one is called YWAN Mercy Ships, where basically supplies are coming by boat. Uh, and specifically trying to meet those needs, encourage you and those there's other, there's other great agencies. But we've lived with some devastating fires. The, the, the news, the shock that has happened, even in eastern Washington, we have, some, we, we have friends and family that are connected over there near Medical Lake, and there's a little Bible camp called Silver Lake Bible Camp that's part of it's burned, and it's, just, it's so hard what's going on, and, and especially the lives that have been lost. So yes, there's, there's, there's expect the unexpected, to be on fire watch. But there's also some good surprises, terrific opportunities that we still need to be ready for, to be ready for the unexpected guests to pop by. And that's really this wedding story. Jesus says this, that the bridegroom, though, was a long time in coming, and they became drowsy and fell asleep. 
Again, this custom was that the groom would go and prepare and come and, and, and get the bride. Okay? The, broom, the, the, the groom would prepare, and you're thinking, oh, how romantic that is. And, and there could be an element of that. But the truth is, it, most of it had to do with a business relationship with the bride's father. <laughs> it really had to do with that of a dowry and making arrangements. And sometimes it must, must have been some heavy negotiation taking place. But uh, that was just part of both tradition and custom that was happening. And really this idea is to get ready in any, in any moment, even in the middle of the night. And I was thinking about when all these Maui, the Maui fire and all these things are going on. And, and even, boy, Southern California is getting hit with Hurricane Hillary and just our world to be prepared to be ready. I remember several years ago on a mission trip, we went to where our ministry that we, we partner with here, Open Arms, if you know that. We were helping doing some work down there in Baja, California, and we were told there was fire in the hills and to be ready and prepared. And so every night we slept with our clothes on and we wore our shoes to bed and we had a go bag. And I had my go bag right here as soon as we heard it's time to go. I, my left hand would grab that bag, and we would, we, we, and, and I tell you what, I slept like a baby all week long. No, I didn't at all. Like, not at all. Like, was that, is that smoke? I'm smelling smoke. Yeah, it's, it's fire. Is that closer? Is it, is, do you feel, is it getting warmer? I mean, my brain was on overload there, what was going on. But to be at high alert, right, to, to be ready. I think the same, as much as we need to find rest and relaxation, there's a time to be ready. Jesus said, I love what it says in the message here, if any of you want to serve me, then follow me, and then you'll be where I am. He says that's ready to serve at moment's notice. To be not on the heels, but on the toes. To be, to be ready, to be prepared. Are, let me ask you, are you spiritually ready at any given moment for what God might do? In the time of Jesus, there was a law that says basically the cut or in the custom especially was you, you can't walk the streets without a lamp. Now, back then as they're preparing for this journey, it was about making sure they had enough. They, they needed to think ahead. They needed to be ready. Rest assured that one day Jesus will return. Why do we know that? Because he's had a really good track record. He's what was predicted happened. Predicted him coming, predicted that he would die, predicted that he rise again. He even got very specific in the third day, which he did. So if Jesus did it all, and the, the track record is really good, there will be a day. It will happen. And what it does, I hope, what we prepare for is it to be filled with, to be filled with hope. In fact, you could call it the blessed hope. Paul says to Titus this. He says, while we wait, this is how he describes it, the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love that verse because if anybody needs to, like, I need a verse on the deity of Christ, it's right there. You can't get around it. Our great God and Savior, comma, Jesus Christ. That's who he is, right? No, what, what are we doing? We need to be ready, ready for action, ready to respond. Are we expecting the unexpected? And I think in our life that there is a time to be get ready and get prepared. And we do that in daily preparations. In fact, my wife and I, as we spend time in daily devotions, we're, we're learning that we need to expect that unexpected moment that will come. And even in the, in the things that we're going through, we recognize there is a work that he's doing that we need to be ready and prepared for, even in the negativities, that the things that happen to us. The other day, we, we do a little 
prayer book called Jesus Listens by Sarah Young. And there's this, I found it's helpful because sometimes my, I don't say run out of words, but sometimes I do. I don't know, I always want to, God, I just kind of pray the same words of prayer, and it's really helpful. But this is what she wrote in August 15th. She says, look for expecting good to emerge from trouble. Now, it's not always going, make a spin on everything's going to be good, but looking for the good, looking for the good that can happen in, in, in what we're doing. And listen, there's been, about, there's been a lot of bad this week. There's been a lot of difficulty in our world, but also maybe for you as well. There's the good, and then there's the bad, but at the end, there's a good work that, that God is doing, and to be ready for that. And to be careful, as Jesus says, even in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, to be watchful in prayer. He said, watch and pray. He told his disciples, so you not fall into temptation. So be ready. Expect the unexpected. The other thing, getting ready for his return is this. You are responsible for you. You are responsible for you. Back in verse 6 of 20, Matthew 25, it says, At midnight they cried out, Here's the bridegroom, come to meet him. And they, all the virgins, woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There will not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. Now, what's happening? Well, really, on a practical level, what's happening, the, the torches, were they really weren't that fancy. They were long poles with, with some kind of material, probably rag or something, and then they poured oil on it as fuel, and then they lit it. Well, the the oil ran out quickly, right? If you ever burn something, you have to, if you have tiki torches, you know, you got to refill it. And that's, that's really what was going on. They, they, they didn't have extra oil with them. They weren't prepared to do that. Now, the parable, it, it, you know, it's interesting when you look at this because it seems kind of, in some ways, we think the, 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 the issue is, is almost these people are not being very helpful to the others. We look at, like, how come they're not helping them? Well, they're recognizing this is not about being selfish or unselfish. It's about being responsible. To actually be prepared yourself. The, the, the foolish bribes and we were trying to borrow oil, but they, it was, really had to do with they were not ready. The foolishness was they were not prepared. And I think it reminds me of someone who I, I worked with several years ago at a different place. They had on their desk, you probably heard this before, is they had this little place, uh, place it that says, lack of preparation on your part does not constitute an emergency on, on my part. And you're like, I don't like that. But it's true, isn't it? There is a responsibility that you and I must take. And at times, we find ourselves in not preparing that we can pass blame on others who are not helping us. And there's that fine line as we all learn to love and care for one another between empowerment and an enablement. And it's that tension that is there. You find that as a parent. You might find that as a supervisor at your work. You might find that in whatever roles you have of helping others and working with others to do that. You are responsible for you. I am responsible for me. Now, we look at that and we say, you know, we get caught by saying, dude, do you know whose fault it is that I'm missing this wedding? Whose fault do we blame for that? And again, it's, it's not the, the wise people's fault because they didn't share. It has everything to do with the responsibility to be prepared. We need to be ready. We need to be prepared. I remember when our kids were younger and at home, and you got, some of you got children still home. And, you know, I could tell when they got home, when I got home, was this, is I could see a, a trail as I got home from 
Oh, they're home because the door, their shoes kicked off, the coat's on the floor, the backpack's over here, the bag of chips are open, the pop is open, and the TV is on. And somebody there is playing video games as that's happening. And the house is a mess. And I say, hey, um, the house is not clean. And I did the typical dad thing. We want to make sure it's clean before mom gets home. And, and I only had two kids. We only had two kids. But it was perfect for them because they could just blame the other person for the mess. That's not my mess. That's her mess. I, yes, I, but you opened it up first. And no, but you took it last. And then I said, it doesn't matter. We all, in fact, you are, you need to own your own mess. You've said that to your kids, but we have to say it to ourselves. Yes, certain people have done certain things to us, and it was wrong, but what are we going to do about it now and where we're, we're at in the mess that we find ourselves in? As we sort it all out, there's a responsibility that you and I have, and it's a spiritual responsibility of preparation. At the end of the day, what we're going to find is this, is this is the sad part. When people enter and come to the throne of God, there's going to be some excuses that are there. There's going to be people, well, no one really told me about Jesus. No one really understood. My parents, they didn't go to church. They weren't there. Or my parents went to church, and, and they just didn't live the life, and so I, they were hypocrites. And there's excuses of people going. I want to, we're going to make it really clear that we're going to have to own our, our own spiritual. We're going to be spiritually accountable one day. Hebrews tells us this, just as a man is destined to die once, after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once for all to take away the sins of people, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So what right now is we're preparing really kind of for the already not yet. We're getting ready to assist. we got to make it clear. It's our choice, though. As we prepare, we have to make a decision of believing and receiving Christ. We all have to do that. We'll give an opportunity here in a moment to pray for that individual responsibility and opportunity to, to enter in, to be ready, our hearts ready for heaven, our hearts ready for Jesus' coming. But finally, before we do that, know this. Timing is everything. Okay? Expect the unexpected. Make sure you, you own and be responsible for you. But time is everything. Time is everything. I, I remember getting a, uh, getting a job. I think it was like, I think it was at 15 or 15 and a half where you, you can legally work. I remember one of my first jobs I applied for was Burger King. I thought, wouldn't it be great to work for Burger King? And so I remember applying and having an interview. And he was an old guy. He was like 20 years old or something like that, I remember. <laughs> And so he's like, hey, dude, so, like, we'll call you uh, to, you know, like, I think you got the job, we're good, you know, all that. And so, I, you know, when are we going to start? And so, you know, I'm so old. I, I, this is before, you know, cell phones, before answering machines. And so I waited for by the phone. I stayed to try to be home a lot. And then one day, it's a hot summer day where my friends are like, we're going to the lake. And so I left. And I, I got home in the evening, and my mom says, um, Burger King called. And, they, and so I call them back. He goes, hey, dude, so sorry. I, you, didn't, you weren't there. You won't hurt, we weren't home. So we got the next guy in line. You know, right? Oh, I was devastated. It, it wrecked my life for many, many years that I didn't get to come on at Burger King. Okay? If you're a part of the Burger King Corporation, I'm, I'm not trying to, that's good for you. But here's the thing. 
the timing's everything. You've missed opportunities. You miss moments. But what I love about God is he doesn't. His timing is perfect. You know, you, have you missed opportunities? Yes, there's times. And look at what it says, though. The bridesmaids, because they weren't prepared, things kind of went from bad to worse. This is while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The, the virgins were ready and went in with them to the banquet. And then the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Now, we read that again, and it's so harsh, don't you think? I mean, this isn't this like Jesus, the gospel, you know, is good news of grace, good news of what he is, but there's a timing, there's a moment, and we live in this window of grace in this life. We, we need to understand where we're at. And, and so, you know, I, you know, better late than never is not the lesson here. It's just not. It, it's, it's getting ready and prepared, and we're thinking, God, this doesn't seem fair or right or all that. What we need to understand is this. God's timing is, it's perfect. It's a perfect timing that he has. Look at, look at 2 Peter, how this is described. It says, the Lord is not slow. And keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, check this out. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone come to repentance. Can we just get real with the Lord? I mean, isn't there times where, like, come on, Lord. Come on, Jesus. Like, can we speed this up a little bit? I'm just let's be honest, right? There's things that you pray. There's things we accomplish. Even as a church, we're still in the old building. We're still, it's just, Lord, come on. Come on. But you're, you're God, no, what does it say? He's not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He's patient with you. He's saying, I have a speed in what I'm working, and it's the speed and the pace of the work that I'm doing in you that matters not in what needs to be done it's all about the heart preparation not the accomplishments there and i know that's hard i feel that all the time in my life that i can i want to speed this thing up but jesus has this perfect timing in fact his time is impeccable in his first coming look at romans it says this you you see adjust the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. At just the right time in history, at just the right moment. And I said it before is this, is that we live in a very interesting time in history, in human history. We live in the already not yet. We live as that the Christ is accomplished on the cross and rose from the dead, and we receive salvation, and we're, we can walk in that salvation, but it hasn't completely been fulfilled yet. We live in the already not yet. And what do we need to do is we need to be ready in the already not yet. We need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. I love how Paul puts this, to be ready for the day, the day of salvation. He says this, for, he, for God says, in the, same of my, in, in the time of my favor, I, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. It wasn't yesterday. Maybe, maybe no more. No, it's today. This is the moment. This is the opportunity. 
And I know we live in a we live in a world that that says, hurry now, act now, you know, don't miss out on the opportunities. And and yet, really, that's what the Lord's saying to us today: to be ready and be prepared our hearts. I'm gonna invite our team to come as we go to prayer. So where do we go with this? How do we ultimately prepare? I mean, expect the unexpected. I mean, you're gonna be responsible for you. Timing's everything. Well, I would I would end with this is what is the Lord offering us to be ready to be prepared? As we get ready to come in this moment of pray, prayer together. Um, some of you know, you know, maybe you see my name. There, I, I'm, I'm part of an oil business. Actually, I have no, I have no money in it at all. Uh, but um, the McAvoy Oil Company uh, started in 1932 by my, my grandpa. Uh, it was over in Fairhaven. If you know where the Christmas Hotel is, that's where it was. And for many years, my grandpa serviced... His the oil business he had was servicing oil furnaces, the old homes. And then they got into gas and probably in the 1940s or 50s and, and, and helped with service stations, did a lot of marine refuels. That was the business. And then in the 90s, my cousins took it over and expanded it more and different stores and different stations and all that was going on. And just recently, uh, it was sold. Like it was, the, the, the oil business was done. And in fact, yesterday as I was driving along, uh, I saw an old McAvoy oil truck, and I could tell it was. It says Coleman oil on it, but in the faint, you know, it wasn't painted all the way over. It said McAvoy oil. And, and, and so I say all that. I've been part, my family has been part of the oil business, but I also want you to know I, I'm a part of a family part of the oil business. My father has oil for you. My father in heaven, your father in heaven has oil for you. We're in the oil business. You remember a few years ago, the, the, you know, the, you know, got milk. You remember that? Got oil. I know. I know it's a little, but we go to, in all seriousness in prayer. Do you have the oil? What does the oil represent? The Holy Spirit. So this parable and everything getting ready, ultimately what we need is say, Lord, I need you. I need what you have for me. I want my heart ready. I want to receive the oil of your spirit. I want you to fill me so my lamp of my life, what's the lamp? What's the lamp? It's us. We, Jesus is the light of the world, but he reflects through us. We are the light. We are a reflection of that light. Do you got oil? Do you, are you filled with him? Are you filled with what he has? Are you prepared for your future? Today is that day. This is the hour. This is the moment to be ready. Will you pray with me? There's a scripture in Romans that says, uh, Make the God, this is the prayer, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you might overflow of the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Overflow with that hope, the blessed hope of Jesus. One day will return, but that blessed hope of Jesus can remain in you today and fill you today. As you contemplate your life right now, will you ask yourself this question, am I ready? For his return? Am I prepared? How do we get prepared? Jesus cares nothing about your clean house. He doesn't care what you do. He doesn't care what you wear. He doesn't care that you look like you've got your life together. That is the biggest farce out there that we somehow have to look the part. It's the exact opposite. It's giving our heart. It's saying, Lord, here it is. It's messed up. I've got a lot of regrets. I've got a lot of pain. I got a lot of, there's a lot of things I did, Lord. I, I give my heart over to you. Will you clean my heart?
Will you prepare my heart for your return? Maybe you're here today and you haven't received the Lord. You haven't, you haven't prayed. You haven't confessed that he's the Lord of your life and Savior of your life today. The Bible makes it clear that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. Is there anyone here, if you, I just want to pray for you. If your head bowed, your eyes closed, if you, if you raise your hand up, I want to give an opportunity today to be ready for return. Thank you. Anybody else? Great. Yes, thank you over there. Thank you for raising your hand. It's so good. Anybody else? This is so good. A couple people here today. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Maybe there'll be others here today. And this is a beautiful, simple prayer. And maybe you've prayed it before, or maybe, uh, maybe it's now it really matters today. And this is the prayer I encourage you to pray if you've raised your hand especially. It says, Jesus, I want to be ready. I want to be ready for your return. I want to be secure in knowing that. Lord, the only way I know that is that I ask you to be my Lord today. To take my sin, my life, my heart, I give it over to you. And Lord, that you would cleanse my soul. And that in that you would come by your spirit and fill me and regenerate my life. As the Bible says, you become born again. You become a new person in him. Just pray that, Lord Jesus, I receive you today. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. Fill me with your very spirit, Lord. Got to pray for those that are doing that right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're doing that work. And it's real work that you're doing, receiving you today. Thank you, Jesus. God, I want to pray for all here today and maybe as we, we pray in this closing prayer that you might want to just lift your hands as I lift my hands and say Lord fill me I need oil I'm, I'm dry I don't, I, I'm not really prepared for the week or anything Lord I, I need your filling I want to be ready I want to be ready to receive what you have for me I need a whole lot of grace so I can live have a little bit of grit this week and provide Lord just fill us right now Fill, fill our lamps of our heart today with the oil of your very spirit. To fill us, to be prepared for any moment, any time. Not only for the one day that you will return, God, as we live in the already not yet, but what you want to do with us this week. To be able to respond and be ready at moment's notice. God, put us on watch for that. And yet, Lord, it's your work that you're doing. It's your work you want to accomplish in this and through us, Lord. God, thank you for this morning, Lord. May we leave here committed to you for the new work you have in this new week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's give a hand those who raise their hand, commitments to Christ. Uh, so that, and that, if you raise your hand, and we want you to know we're here, there's actually prayer available. You can mark on your card, take steps. We want to help you grow in your steps of faith. And one of those steps of faith is baptism. Honestly, if today is your day, like, I, I want to make that commitment. Because baptism is this. It's this public declaration of allegiance to the Lord. It, it's, it's, it's not anything that you're not get, you don't become a Christian through it. You already are Christian, but this is telling the world that you are. You're committed to him. So let us know if we can help with that. I do hope those, especially those, will be there tonight for being baptized. Let's, let's be a, a cloud of great witnesses tonight to, to witness that if you're driving by, maybe you're, you're out and you're riding your bike, and let's just bike over to the, to the beach to do that. We'll be right down the hill for that at 7. We'd love to have you for that. But let's close on this final song together as we sing to the Lord. So stand with me as we do this.
and as a as a worship to the Lord one last time before we leave. And again, we'll have some wonderful people to pray with you, especially if you raise your hand. We would love to get to know you and connect with you more. Have a great day. We'll see you this evening.